Hey, welcome to the Half Hippie Podcast. Today, I am so honored to be joined by a good friend of mine who I met, I don't know, several years ago, maybe five or six or seven years ago at a fair trade event. And we met there and just clicked immediately and really bonded. She is such a beautiful person and she has the coolest name ever. Her name is Buffy. Buffy Diaz is joining me today. Buffy hosts yoga and wellness retreats all over the world. Her retreats are really unique and special because she combines yoga teacher training with her retreats. So she is the creator and facilitator of Elements Wellness Retreats. And it's neat, they do like a blended course where they start with online workshops and then they culminate with a retreat and graduation. Her next event is in Costa Rica and she's planning to host a retreat here in Portugal. So I am just super excited to talk to her and I hope you enjoy our conversation. You can find her on Instagram at Yoga Buffy or at Elements Wellness Retreats and I'll pop all that information in the show notes for you. But for now, welcome. Welcome, Buffy. You're listening to the Half Hippie Podcast with Tara Milo. I'm a half hippie, half princess, cat mom, city girl, introvert, and entrepreneur. I don't fit into a box, and you don't either, but I'm committed to making the world a better place through my lifestyle and my business. I love talking about sustainability because I know that you can make a positive difference without giving up the things you love. Here on the Half Hippie Podcast, we're talking about sustainability and entrepreneurship. We'll share stories about what makes us all half hippie and what our other half does to make a positive impact in the world. Let's go. It's good to see you again. Me too. I'm so happy to see you. I know. It's been so long. Oh my gosh. It really has. Years, many years, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Probably five at least. That's crazy. So where are you living now? Um, We live in Georgia. Where were you when we met? Where were you living then? I think I was living outside of Chicago. Oh my gosh. (laughs) What a change. We met in Florida. (laughs) That's right. Quite serendipitously. Yes. I feel like we had an instant connection. I don't know. We did for sure. It was fun. We walked on the beach. I remember that. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's that was fun. awesome. Maybe we're like hippie soul sisters. <laughs> for sure. Yes. I think that's how we bonded here with me and you know, like super down to earth. And we're like, hi, I know. let's be friends. <laughs> yeah. So you're in Portugal. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, it looks incredible. Mm. Yeah, I'm very lucky. But yeah. your husband is from He's Cuban. Okay, yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I thought. Yeah. But he was born in the US. And actually, um we did his DNA thing and his family comes from like Portugal. Yeah. I-, I remember you said something about that. Congratulations on the new business. It really looks incredible. Thank you. It is incredible. I'm actually hoping to host a retreat in Portugal soon in the next few years. Yeah, that would be awesome. There are so many magical places here. And like even Lisbon, the vibe in the city is 
magnetic. Like you just feel like chill, but in a good way, I don't, it's just incredible. It really is. Yeah. That's how Sedona was. We just got back and it was, it was the only way, like people tried to put words around it. And Mm -hmm. um, my friend Carl said, uh, it's just everything is flowing so easily here. I, I forget how many words used, but it was just like seamless ease is what it felt like there. Yeah. I imagine it's the same kind of easy going vibe. <laughs> it is. It's really, really sweet. Well, let's talk about, I don't know. How did you get into like teaching yoga? I felt like you were drawn to that when we met. Cause you, I remember you asked if I was a yoga teacher. (laughs) It's funny because actually after I met you, I took a plane home and a girl sat next to me and was telling me all about her adventure on this, like kind of like amazing race thing. She like went around the world and she was just really fascinating to talk to. And we talked about spirituality and things like that. And at the end, when we get up to the plane, she's like, I'm sorry. I'm, I know this is really weird, but I have a word for you. And I'm like, oh, she's like, yeah, God gave me a word for you. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, let's hear it. And she's like, it's grace. And I'm like, okay, like, that's, you know, a common word. And I started looking for it because I'm just the kind of person that like reads into stuff. And like, I feel like I believe things pretty easily. And so I'm like, maybe I need to extend more grace to people. Maybe I need to be, you know, giving myself more grace. Just trying to figure it out. Well, long story short, um, a woman in my community, an amazing woman who later became my like guru, mentor, yoga teacher training was starting a school, a holistic school that I helped her to open. I started their preschool program because my kids were like preschool age. And so I met with her and really jazzed about like the the opportunity to work with her. I'm like, well, what are you going to call the school? And she's like, oh, it's named Grace. And from from that meeting and working with her, she also ran a yoga studio and she like invited me to take her yoga teacher training. And so it really just has been this really um, amazing journey to step into, like, because that was just the first of many synchronicities that have led me to where I am right now. And, you know, I felt them throughout my life, but as I've stepped um, further into my yoga journey and my spiritual journey, um, they seem to, maybe I just become more aware of them, but they seem Mm. to be like increasing (laughs) in frequency. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it all started. One word. That's awesome. That's so crazy that that was the exact name of her school. <laughs> I know it was wild, and like at that moment, it was like light bulb went off. Like I knew that's what it meant. I was like, okay, sign me up. Like I'm working with you. Like <laughs> this is where I'm going. So yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good. And then what did you do with it from there? Um, so that training that I it was a 200 hour training, and it really changed my life. It's the first time I like woke up as they say I kind of realized that I was not my body I was not my mind but I'm a spiritual being and um from there I started teaching yoga just um I was actually became pregnant with my twins during that training so um it was a bumpy road you know I had like the whole um 
delivering twins thrown in there postpartum and like, so starting out teaching, it was kind of slow, I guess is what I'm saying. And yeah, um, a bit different than I had imagined when I first started the, pro- the training program, I thought I would like jump in and, um, but it's been a little bit slower and I think that's what I needed. Um, so yeah, just started teaching some classes. We actually moved as well across country while I was pregnant with the twins and uh, right after I finished my training. So like new place, it was my hometown, but I hadn't been here in like, what, 15 years. So totally different. Started talking to people, meeting people and teaching here and there. And yeah. And then, you know, I used to travel a lot when I was younger. Um, We probably talked about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And like I would live abroad. I lived in Costa Rica I lived in Alaska Canada like just went all over the place and that comes from like wanderlust yeah <laughs> and just wanting to understand everything like I love to learn and I love to understand cultures and people and just like experience life and as a mother of four like I'm a lot more tethered to home um and that has been a journey all in itself which I'm super grateful for But um, I did miss like the traveling and that younger side of myself. So Mm -hmm. I got an idea to just, well, it wasn't really my idea. It came from source, but um, to host a retreat in Costa Rica. And this was last year, um, early last year before COVID. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know that was- We all had an idea last year, didn't we? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we did. And they all got- uh, our pride, we were humbled. Okay. We'll just put it yes. that way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I felt comfortable going to Costa Rica with my first retreat because I had lived there and like, I knew people there and got some good referrals for places. And I was like, this could actually work. And it took a few friends, like really believing in me, um, to help me get over my fears of really a failure, right? That's what we're afraid of. Yep. yep. <laughs> and put myself out there and say, Hey, I'm hosting a retreat in Costa Rica. It's my first one. Like I don't own a yoga studio. And most people who host retreats, like they take their group, like, you know, on a retreat, but right. I'm more like, I've got people everywhere. It feels like, and, um, just, from my, like my life, you know, just different people I've met or taught yoga or whatever. So I was a little worried that, um, I wouldn't like the, the retreat wouldn't happen, but it happened for sure. And it happened like so easily, um, everything just, and you know, that was my prayer going into, I'm like, all right, I will do this, but it has to flow. And like, that's how my whole retreat business has been. You know, it's kind of like, I almost can't really take credit for anything because I'm just a vessel being used to bring more love and light in the world. And it's not really all me. It's more like I'm co-creating these experiences, which is a really big honor to do. I hosted several more last year, more regional than I had intended. Um, Mm. But because of COVID, like people were feeling safer, closer to home. And, um, we wanted to be respectful as well. So yeah, just had a few more like low key local retreats last year and, um, started 2021 in Sedona, like I mentioned, and then we've got some big ones lined up that I'm super excited about. So, um, yeah, that's the gist of it. (laughs) Yeah. And 
hosting yoga retreats is so hippie, <laughs> right? I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And yeah. what's something that you do that is not hippie? I feel like being a hippie to me is just like being countercultural a lot and for reasons that like make sense to you. Mm -hmm. Um, standing up for mother earth and for all beings. Um, and that's what I'm about. That's what I resonate with, with that movement, you know, it's changed over the years, but, um, so I feel like, I guess I am a hippie in a lot (laughs) of ways, not just with the retreats, but like I homeschool my kids. We're just kind of against the grain a lot. Um, the foods we eat, the way we live, the things we think about and are aware of when we make decisions. Um, but I'm also like, um, I loved listening. I love listening to your podcast, especially when you're talking about, it, cause you're like, I'm also a princess and <laughs> <laughs> I can identify with that because, you know, we've grown up in a pretty lush life here, um, in the Western world. And I love to have comfort. Like I'm a super cozy person. I'm always wrapped in a blanket. I'm always like, my bed is extremely comfortable. Like mm-hmm. I'll spend money on sheets. Yep. <laughs> Are you the same way? <laughs> yes. My bedroom is my favorite place in the world. It's so cozy and it's like just mine. <laughs> it's All your. Yes. Yeah. And I, I you know, I like to treat myself, but things yeah. like that, you know, that it's, yeah, it's like self-care too, you know, and you can't really be of use to others if you're not taking care of yourself. So. Exactly. Yeah. And I love your definition of a hippie that it's like taking care of mother earth and people and, and animals and creatures and stuff that are here because a lot of people, when I ask them what they think of, when they hear the word hippie, they're all about the fashion or about the music. And for me, it did start with the music, but it started with like the soul and the spirit of the music, which I think is taking care of mother earth and animals Mm -hmm. and people and stuff like that. So yeah, it's cool that you went there from the beginning because a lot of people start with the fashion, but then they get there. Like when we talk about what it means now, it means the planet and people and, and stuff like that. So cool yeah what we see is on the outside but what's really underneath all that I think is like a longing for deeper connection yeah and like saying to the mainstream culture like what game are you playing like I don't want to be in this game you know yeah and having opinions and disagreeing in a safe space like you know I hope that we all get closer to that you know Mm -hmm. um so I feel like over the last year, we've seen so many lessons, but I I feel like most of us have realized that stuff is not working. This modern world is not working for us and we're all craving a deeper connection to something and we need that from each other. And like how hard it was to cover our faces and even still like to not be able to smile at somebody. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I remember the first time I went out with a mask and everybody else had masks on, but we could smile with our eyes. And like that gave us, you could feel that it gave us so much comfort to like 
be able to see each other's eyes. I don't know. It was just like taking some part away, some piece of connection away from us showed us all how important connection is, I think. I don't yeah, know. I think you're right. Totally about that. I thought about the whole face thing and like covering half of our face, like really took away a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and you're right. We don't, we don't appreciate what we have sometimes till it's gone. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. now I don't know. I mean, we're all still wearing masks here in Portugal because we're taking mm-hmm. care of each other and it's really, really nice and supportive, but we do kind of make an extra effort to like look in each other's eyes or like just acknowledge each other's presence. It's, it's nice, but mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. I love it that you're doing retreats because I think that's exactly what people need right now. Right. Like to get away and be able to unplug away from screens and Mm -hmm. connect to ourselves and release a lot of stress. Is that happening? Like are people coming just to release the stress? Um, So what I'm seeing in the pattern is like everybody comes and, you know, they don't all know each other. Like I said, they're kind of from all over. Yeah. And it's so cool to watch because everybody's on their own journey, but there's also like a group journey that's happening. Yeah. So like the first day they're kind of like got guards up and kind of, you know, fearful of like, what is this? What's going to happen? And as the weekend or week goes on, it's just so beautiful to watch them like slowly shed all that and like really come together and connect with people. And the experiences that I've witnessed are so humbling like I can't even I like to say that I'm just the facilitator and um, I speak Spanish and I don't know what it is in Portuguese but in Spanish facile means easy Mm -hmm. so I'm just making whatever experience is needed for that person like whatever they're going to receive I'm just making it easier for them to receive that and um so I set everything up I find these awesome places I have great content lined up but then I have to like step aside and it's really cool. That's my favorite part is just like to witness it all happen. Yeah. And, um, I mean, five people got tattoos from the Sedona retreat. If that lets you know how impactful <laughs> like these experiences are, like they come and they, and you know, you always have an idea of what's going to happen before you get somewhere or like before you enter an experience, but it's always so surprising and delightful the way it actually turns out. And, um, I'm just loving it. It's awesome. Did you, didn't you live in a, in a bus for a while? That's so random, but I thought I remember that. (laughs) Oh man, I, I'm going to get some happy points, but we had a Volkswagen pop top camper that we, um, bought when we moved back from Costa Rica and had huge plans. Her name was Dupree and (laughs) we like, she was just primed and we like made curtains and we would, um, we were staying at my mother-in-law's when we got back in the country, just trying to like figure out what we were doing. And we bought like Robin egg blue paint. And then, you know, I got pregnant with my first son. <laughs> so all of our, all of our like van life dreams uh, uh, went away after that. Yeah. And we held on to her for years, you know, and then I had my daughter and we ended up buying a house and she just kind of sat there like with the kayaks and other things that you don't get to use when you have children. (laughs) Right. Right. And I know some people like do that with their kids and actually 
we just tried that because we sold our home in this really nice lake community um, that we moved into here in Georgia. Um, and we sold a lot of our stuff and we bought an RV. This was last November. Yeah. And um, like I said, I homeschool and it was, we were going into winter and it was, it was challenging. You know, I think I could do that with kids if I had a large, like I couldn't do it in a van, but like an RV. And if, if you were traveling, that's the thing. Cause that would keep it exciting. Yeah. Yeah. For but sure. We're, we're pretty much here in Georgia cause my husband works. So. Yeah. That was what did. I remember. It was the RV and uh, we had four kids and yeah. two adults, six people in an RV. I could not believe yeah. it, but. And our puppy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was actually pretty cool here. I like I'm telling you, I could do it if we could keep it fresh, like going to new places every two weeks or a month. Like, and I have friends who do it, you know, but we decided like, because we're building a house right now, it's such a huge project and it's, it's very emotional, um, and very stressful. (laughs) I do not recommend it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but we were like a friend had a rental home come available and she's like, why don't you guys take a little break and air out? Like get some space. So that's where we are right now. So yeah, but it was a good experience. I'm glad we did it. And we'll definitely like plan trips in, in the RV, but for living in it, not right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a bit much. Yeah, that would be. What's like your favorite? Wait, talk to me about um, the next retreat. Are you going back to Costa Rica? That's the next big one. Yeah. And I am stoked about it because it is linked with my first ever teacher training program. Oh, yeah. So I feel like I'm ready to share some of what I've learned in the yoga realm with people who want to be yoga teachers. So my friend, um, Dr. Nick Atlas, he runs evolutionary education. It's like his um, business, but, and he does lots of trainings a lot with, um, dreams and, um, yoga nidra, which is really cool and lucid dreams. He's, that's his thing. And anyway, um, I took up, uh, intensive with him for yoga nidra and was putting this program together kind of reaching out to the teachers I respect and have trained with. And we ended up just collaborating on this. So it's going to be awesome. Um, we're doing online weekend workshops for training starting in August. And then it culminates in a retreat in Costa Rica in February. And, um, that retreat is open to everyone, Mm. but our teacher trainers are going to be there too. And they're going to get to teach and like, they're going to graduate there right by the ocean. It's this beautiful yoga shala. And I mean, the place we stay is amazing, but, um, yeah, I'm so excited about that one and about our teacher training. Yeah. That's so smart to have a blended like online workshop thing. And then to end together in Costa Rica, it's beautiful. Really cool. I think it really fits the time that we're in, you know, because, um, the online portion like makes it more accessible for people and it's you know feels safer and we're kind of used to that format by now 
the retreat gives them like something to really look forward to and they can invite their loved ones to come watch them graduate and you know so it's going to be beautiful the one after that I'm excited about is actually the following month just in Maui um so that one's going to be focused on the power of compassion awesome which is something I've learned a lot about (laughs) self-compassion yeah like what can you share something that you've learned or why that's important yeah I think um so it started with the work a workbook that I found um that I worked through called the mindful path to self-compassion it's by Kristen Neff and another psychologist and um it's just very like scientific which I appreciate and they go through like how to garner more self-compassion for yourself Mm. and why that's important and they have different meditations and exercises you can do and it's just completely changed my life I came from a place of like being really hard on myself and really anxious in my 20s Mm. um always working really hard like you know, I went through college and went through grad school and like nothing was ever enough. Couldn't ever really enjoy the moment because I was always like feeling undeserving of being there and always thinking I needed to prove myself by doing the next thing that I was planning or like the next program or whatever. Things like that workbook really helped me slow down, look at myself and look at things with like a magnifying glass. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not easy to sit with the the difficult parts of yourself. Yeah. But um I find that when you do you're able to see, like love yourself more and look at the things that are difficult to sit with as oh you know for example anxiety like my anxiety instead of resisting it I now see it as like a friend and it's always probably going to be there. And anxiety is there to like protect us, you know, it's like mm-hmm. a self-preservation thing. So just helped me to reframe my whole life, really. <laughs> so yeah. on that retreat, I'll probably share. Um, I mean, I will be sharing some of the meditations and, and work from that program because it was awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. I love it that yoga teacher training, from what I know about it, dives deep into that stuff, which is really important. But it's not all that touchy-feely. Like there, you also have to learn the structure and the bones and the muscles mm-hmm. and like there's a lot of anatomy in yoga teacher training mm-hmm. yeah I think that scared me away I think I thought about doing yoga teacher training a long time ago and mm-hmm. I, was like, I don't know if I can learn all this stuff because it's there's a lot it's mm-hmm. it's not just like flower power like there really is <laughs> a lot of <laughs> science and a lot of I don't know it's half hippie. It's totally <laughs> half hippie. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm excited. Cause I, I bring a lot of like the flower power fruit fruit stuff to the program. And then people like Nick and other guest teachers I'm bringing in are bringing like the meat and the content, like the science and, you know, I'm not going to be teaching all of those things. So we each get to choose our specialty. And I think that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's an important balance because it's all connected. Like mm-hmm. there's a reason that my shoulders hurt and it's probably something that I need to deal with in my mind, you know, like there, mm-hmm. it's all connected. So 
Yeah. You definitely need to know all of those parts, you know, cause like you said, it's all connected Yeah, all different parts of a whole, but yoga can go so deep. I mean, you could study it your whole life. Um, so the 200 hour really, it's just like enough to get you feeling confident enough to bring yoga to other people. And then mm-hmm. from there, you just keep growing on your own path, on your own journey, whatever the next mm-hmm. thing is that it leads you to. Another cool thing I'll mention about um, the yoga teacher training ending with the retreat is that, you know, retreats are kind of my favorite thing ever and my specialty. And so like, I'm going to, that's going to be a special part of my training is that I'm going to train people how to host and run transformational retreats and they'll get to like witness it when we are in Costa Rica. So I think that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Way to set an example. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Is there something, I'm just curious about this, something that you don't like or something that frustrates you about like the yoga teacher movement or like that whole thing? Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is Instagram. Ah, yeah. Yeah, just... I'm just really over people who are like lifelong gymnasts going on Instagram and doing like these insane contortion tricks, hashtag yoga. You know, it's like, that was not yoga. Um, I mean, and maybe it is to them. I can't really say that because yoga can mean so many different things, but um, I, it just, and they have no clothes on. So I'm just, you know, it. <laughs> That's what bothers me. And that's because I feel like it's misrepresenting something that I love so much and um, making it sexualizing it and like hurting women in the process and making people like, I mean, I even feel effects from it because to me, it's like, oh, well, I don't look like that. And I, you know, can barely get up into my handstand sometimes. And like, who am I? You know, it just, it brings in and invites like, insecurities and people. And so I have a love hate relationship with social media and I'm really evaluating it actually how much I want to be involved on in it anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's very healthy. Yeah. Like for yourself, but we need to crowd out that stuff with we real. Know, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. So there in lies the rub. It's like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, you can't just throw it all out because it's not all bad, right? But yeah. Challenging to navigate sometimes. It really is. It, I totally hear you. It's not healthy on so many levels. Mm, yeah. Instagram is tough. Mm-hmm. I have a love hate with it too. I don't have the like comparison thing. I do a little mm-hmm. bit. I'm starting to recognize it a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. Because I, I've been running my business, for example, for like eight years. And I see these people who are making millions of dollars. And I'm like, I'm smart. Why why don't I have a million dollars? And then I yeah. get like frustrated and angry about like that. But yeah, I mean, I don't that's, know. that's the same feeling I'm talking about. Like, because... Yep you are smart, you're super intelligent and you are successful. But the way that we measure success sometimes on Instagram is like not true. 
And that's what bothers me about it. But I also want more money. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So then there you are still using the tool. (laughs) I know. I know it's hard. Yeah. I didn't realize that it affected me negatively until um, I did this assignment, which was to find out my biggest creative block. And it actually was social media. And we had to draw a picture of it blocking us. And so it was just me looking at this little square box, you know, on my phone. Yeah. And then like all of these words came out of me when I was sketching it, like different things that pop in my head. And I was like, wow, a lot of those are negative. Um, maybe I need to, so I have a timer on my Instagram and it's like 15 minutes a day, which is still a lot, but I do use it for business. You know, I do post stuff and, but I'm realizing like most of the people who come to my events or trainings or whatever, they hear about it word of mouth. It's never really like, like, Oh, I saw this on Instagram, you know, it's more like a friend of a friend or whatever. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Cause I don't think I get mm-hmm. clients from Instagram. I get them from referrals and testimonials and from speaking and holding workshops and stuff. But I still feel like I'm on Instagram for my business, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I get business from Instagram. It's the same as you. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. It's like, we feel like we have to hold this presence in this fake world, you know, and it's, yeah. it's getting weird. <laughs> it's totally I'm trying to get back to like nature and this is why I'm a hippie like I'm trying to get back to the elements and like the way our ancestors lived more and more because that feels like the way we need to go yeah is because we're not doing so hot Um, exactly I was just gonna ask like what's something you wish you were doing better for the planet and for living that closer to nature and stuff I mean in a dream world I would just live off the land out in the woods um but you know that decision affects my whole family so I think I mean I would rather not use gasoline in my car I try to I would like to never support single-use plastic I would like to grow my own food you know which we're gonna have a garden in our we bought five acres to build our house. So we're moving towards, and we're building like a sustainably, like it's called a greenhouse. I am taking little steps always to do better because Mm -hmm. I know, I know I can do better. Um, but stuff like that, you know, like why are we still using gasoline in our cars? And, you know, I think I could do better with those daily choices. I think we all could. Um, and it is, it's just little, choices, right? It's like choosing to have an animal free meal a day, like has changed. That was the first step I took and then ended up going full vegetarian for like six months. And now I intuitively eat. And like, if I crave meat, I will eat it, but it just took me like stepping outside of, Oh, we eat meat at every meal. You know, Mm -hmm. I was raised in the South and it's like, that's what you do. Like just stepping outside of what everybody says is right. And choosing that for yourself, I think is is the key I think so too it is more wise to step back and go wait why am I doing this is this what I want to do Mm -hmm. yeah using our own minds (laughs) yes exactly are you optimistic about the future um 
Yes, I am. Uh, with with some obvious hesitation. <laughs> I don't know. I heard somebody say the other day, like, this is the defining decade or uh, some kind of wording like that, the decision decade or something like, if we don't make some changes, things are not going to be the same. You know, sometimes that's what it takes for us to learn lessons as humans, right? It's like COVID has brought a lot of lessons with it. Yeah. And I see this global change happening um, across many arenas, but um, doesn't mean, I mean, it might be difficult before it gets better, I guess is what I'm thinking. But I do see a lot of people waking up and realizing mm-hmm. they are their own person, that we are all connected and that their decisions matter for everybody. And I think that's encouraging. So we'll see, only time will tell, right? Yeah, that's true. And I think it's connected to what you were saying about the choices and like you wish you were using less gas. And I feel like most people don't want to use gas anymore, but you don't have a choice. So Mm. I think as more and more people say, why are we still using gas? Can we please not be using gas anymore? Mm -hmm. I think the car industry is like corporations are going to start waking up and meeting people's demands, the more people step up and start questioning that stuff. Yeah. I hope so. I agree. I think the consumers are going to, we we always determine Mm -hmm. what they're giving us. Right. But I also like, yeah, I mean, we totally have to take responsibility um, on an individual basis. Like there's no guy at the end of the landfill line, like, oh, I'm going to recycle this. Like we have to choose not that recycling is really a solution in and of itself. Right. But we have to choose like from the beginning of the line, you know, I don't know if that makes sense as, as the consumer, like our opinion really matters. Same thing with plastic. Like Sure, we're all getting sick of like filling our whole planet with these single use plastic things. Like, man, I hope you enjoyed that Coke because it's going to sit there for forever. Yeah. It's like, okay, but we're still doing it. <laughs> I know. Like, do we just not care? Or we're kind of having to choose not to look at it at this point because the like the story has been shared. Like, hello, this is what's happening. But now it's what are you going to do with that information? Well, that was awesome. Thank you. I love your energy. You're so like confident and like oh, just yeah. solid. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> you feel that way to me. I don't know. It's very, very cool. Thank you for sharing that with me. You're welcome. Yes, I think I project that, but <laughs> we all have our own stuff, right? Yes, we do. <laughs> for sure. Do you have any questions for me? Um, do you want to co-host a retreat with me in Portugal? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> cool. For Let's sure. Yeah, I think that would be really fun. That would be. Well, of course, I would want to host a yoga retreat with Buffy. Isn't she just the coolest? And I love how she pointed out that yoga and teaching yoga is very half hippie because there's a lot of science and anatomy, but there's also a lot of spirituality that goes into it. 
and it's just very lovely. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. As always, you can follow us on Instagram at Half Hippie Podcast, and I'll post some relevant photos and ideas and stuff like that throughout the week. And also be sure to follow us on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Follow us there so that you never miss an episode. And I'll catch you soon.